Welcome back to Mainly Movies, the podcast where we mainly talk about movies. My name is DJ, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host Aaron. How's it going, man? It's going great, DJ. Another month, another movie. It's our new rhythm. Yes, we that, that's what we said we were going to do, and at least for the second movie of this year, we're coming at you on time, if we can get this edited in time, but we're at least recording it in time. <laughs> yes. And DJ, I'll be honest, I went above and beyond. I saw two movies this month. Okay. I'm interested to know what the second movie is. But the first movie, of course, is what the title of this episode is and what we said we would talk about in our last uh, podcast. We're talking about our latest entry into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the kickoff for Phase 5, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Um, Yes. It's here. <laughs> it is here. at long last. Everyone's uh, been waiting. Phase five. Um, yeah. And I don't know why I feel like I have to start off with this, but at the end of the movie, they pull up Quantum Mania, and then they fade out to just Ant and Man, which is within the word Quantum Mania. Now you know I did not stay until the end of the movie, so <laughs> I did not. I see just this. have to say, I. I Quantum Mania is a outlandish title. Ant Man and the Wasp colon Quantum Mania, but the fact that Ant Man is within Quantum Mania, I was like, this is too much. Why? Well, I and mean, maybe that the movie's had to just, too much. That had to have just been happenstance. Like they, I mean, <laughs> but I someone know. noticed it, and I appreciated it. Yeah, some small intern was like, "Hey, actually," and hey, now now they're on here, so that that's something. Yeah, so we used to do these mainly Marvel episodes when it was the glory days of the Infinity Saga, mm. and we would rank them all, and we would see one. It's like we have to immediately discuss everything that happened. Suffice it to say, I think the mood is a little different these days around <laughs> MCU movies. Oh, certainly. Um, And I don't really even remember all the elements that went into our mainly Marvel episodes, but... um. How do you want to digest Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania? Were uh, you, I guess this is where we usually start. Were you excited to see this? So, unfortunately, you know, life has changed in a way so that it is uh, slightly untenable for me to come out, which was how I liked to see them, you know, when we were... Uh, on a uh, more aggressive rhythm, I guess I'll say a couple years ago is because I love to see a movie first because I love forming my own opinion before any Rotten Tomatoes or any reviews go out. And I, I, you know, people say, oh, well, you can do that after seeing reviews and stuff. And while I believe that's true, I think just psychologically, just knowing kind of the discourse or the word of mouth around a movie has to color the way that you like end up ingesting it to some degree. And I, I actively try and push against that. So I saw this, you know, I think this was a second weekend. And even then, just because this is the biggest movie or franchise in the world, of course, I saw the headlines about, oh, this is one of the lowest Rotten Tomatoes scores. It has one of the biggest second week drops. So I, going into that, I was like, OK, well, 
maybe this isn't going to be great. I'm kind of tired of Marvel stuff at this point, to be perfectly honest. But man, seeing Paul Rudd just stroll down the street, I my mood immediately switched. And I was like, oh, I do really like Paul Rudd. He's just such a charismatic individual. And I, I left the movie being like, I had a good time. But I... As soon as I started to like even internally think about the plot points of the movie, I had to, I had to just shut it off. And it was like, I got to save this for Aaron, because if I think about this for even a second, my slight enjoyment of this is all going to fall apart because there were some serious issues. But I think that's going to make for a fun discussion. Um, so yeah. I left liking it, but I know as we talk about it, I might not see very, say very many positive things. Um, but what were your thoughts on Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania? Um, yeah, I think I've I think I've kind of gone on a little bit of a journey with it, um, <laughs> just trying to figure out where what my thoughts are because I think I think it was actually somewhat unexpected for me. Okay, because. It's unlike either of the previous two Ant-Man films. It's quite a large departure from them, I'd say. I feel like especially the Ant movie was kind of like, I don't know. It seemed like the stakes were smaller. It was like mostly about this, this guy and his family. And it was just Paul Rudd living in the city. He's got his daughter. And like, sure, there's like, I don't know, all the superhero and pin particles and everything. But it was almost like that was kind of just like a funny side thing to let. It was it was a Paul Rudd like comedy. Yeah, it was set up as that in with the backdrop of a, of a superhero movie. This has got and honestly, Ant-Man and the Wasp, I barely remember anything about. That's right. Um, Quantumania feels like just full like superhero sci fi craziness and it happens to have paul red in it <laughs> except for those first like five minutes you were talking about in the last five minutes where it's like oh yeah remember like the paul red movie <laughs> those so, first five minutes were my favorite <laughs> yeah so i think it's just kind of hard to hard to digest because i don't think i expected an ant-man movie to take as like hard of a swing as this one did because it's pretty out there so i what about the, uh, I guess, marketing for this film had you seen? Because I think I went out of my way to not see trailers, and yet it felt like they were really pushing like Kang being a thing. And yeah, I knew that I, Kang was going to be a thing. I've watched yeah. Loki, so you know that that's like a part of it. Um, they've been teasing this. I mean, isn't Kang part of the title of one of the projected 2026 Avengers movies or something? Yeah, I think it's Kang Dynasty or something. Yeah, so you know, I mean, it's obvious he's been set up. Like he is the next Thanos. Like it's it's all there. Um, so I knew that was a part of it. I think from the marketing, I knew like the scene of them all getting sucked into the quantum realm, standing in the room, and then there had just been a ton of like random commercials for like Heineken or something, where Paul Rudd is sitting there and an ant comes by with a beer or something. Okay, I haven't seen that, but <laughs> that, I think that was like a Super Bowl kind of thing, but. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I like went seeking. I almost feel like I don't have to avoid these trailers as much because I feel like they're not as huge of events as they used to be. 
Mm, yeah, that's true. I don't feel. I mean, there's still some movies. I I think I saw the Fast Ten trailer the day it dropped, <laughs> just because it felt like it was being circulated amongst people. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like the MCU movies are quite the same way anymore. And yeah. I don't know why. I mean, I know why that is, but it's it's just kind of strange how it's changed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um. Okay, I wanna I wanna talk about the actual movie before we talk about kind of state of the MCU because I I know that's gonna be a big part of it. I'm tired even thinking about it. But... Well, we've got we've got to we've got to get some of it in there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But yeah, the actual the actual movie. So there's the setup at the beginning where it's like, um, post in game, Scott Lang is a hero. He's walking down the street. There's this voiceover that turns out to be him reading his memoir. Um, it was good fun. You get like a Baskin Robbins reference in there. It's all like fun references to the Ant-Man jokes that we know and love. Um, there are a few characters that are missing. Like his whole like thief gang is just yeah. not a part of the movie at all, which is kind of sad. Yeah, would have added some much needed levity. Um, but even before all this, we have, is it, a, I don't think it's a cold open, but it's like the very open with like younger Michelle Pfeiffer oh, like yeah. meeting Kang for the first time. This movie has weird editing choices that I noticed throughout. And I think it's because they kept separating everyone, but that made the flow of the movie kind of funky, but it was only two hours. So I won't complain too much. Yeah. <laughs> it was a, this it would was have a been two and a half. One. I would have been pretty upset. Yeah, but so they did this in uh, Thor 4 also, where they had like yeah. kind of a weird intro that was the villain setup where he was in the desert and he stumbled on the like God and the forest. Mm -hmm. And I have no idea what that even meant. <laughs> but I don't it seems like they keep doing this where it's like we're not going to take the time to develop a villain like uh, naturally through the course of the plot. We're going to give you this like smash cut show the villain crash landing into villainness and then we'll cut back to the hero. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It does just feel kind of formulaic now where they're like, this is a Marvel movie and this is how a Marvel movie works. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just none of it's very surprising, I guess. Yeah, th that's definitely a good pull. I didn't even make that connection to Thor for Thor for Thor some more um but... Thor versus Gore <laughs> Thor versus Gore but yeah that that's that's a good point um all that to say that yeah they started the movie with this uh establishing scene making it seem like we would understand more about Kang I guess but it's I, definitely I a reference for like Loki watchers right it's like he's here, this guy that you know. Did we ever talk about uh that last episode of Loki and the one who remains or whatever his name is? I don't know if we did, and a part of me kind of wanted to go and rewatch just that last episode, but I remember not super enjoying it. I did go. Uh, I didn't watch the whole episode, but uh, on my way to the theater, <laughs> I had like a YouTube video pulled up in the parking lot, and I was like, do I need to know anything about Kang? And I like watch the scene of uh, he who remains or whatever. 
And uh, very sorry to Jonathan Majors. This was very much drama kid run amok. Yes, I didn't it was really... way too much. <laughs> yes, and I that I guess that's what they were going for. But I don't. I I feel like he was well received <laughs> at the time that Loki came out, and it baffled me then and baffles me now. I I was like, this is what we're excited for now. Okay, I, that okay. Yeah, no, I kind of agree. And I actually think we can talk a little bit about Jonathan Majors because he's kind of having his own moment right now, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Creed 3 is about to come out this next weekend, I believe. Yep. And he's, I assume, the main antagonist in that. <laughs> um, and so I was actually just watching uh, Devotion, which was like a pretty like by-the-numbers biopic of him as like a fighter pilot in the 1950s yeah okay i'm vaguely familiar with this it was kind of like an encore to top gun almost (laughs) um but like even more family friendly i was watching that and i actually think he does really well in like pretty rigidly defined roles Mm. i think when because i i don't know he has this like weirdness to him of sometimes I'm just like he either he is not comfortable or he is portraying being not comfortable mm-hmm. and I don't really know which one it is like there is a lot of that <laughs> like drama kid in him yeah which I think like his big breakout movie was last black man in San Francisco and he got to like do a lot of acting in that and I think he does he's an actor's actor but I think when his role is more kind of subdued and down to earth i think i actually enjoy him a little more because i know he has that range i just think if you kind of let him run free with it it gets a little too weird like in the he who remains he is really hit and miss for me honestly um yeah didn't care for him very much in the last black man in san francisco i think that's an unpopular opinion but he didn't really do it for me there definitely didn't like him in uh in loki uh for he who remains or whatever i thought he was fine here um (laughs) yeah i thought he was fine i yeah i know he's getting praised for the role thought it was okay well and i think that's i think that's kind of the thing though is like he did this really weird version and i guess this is part of the character and probably what appealed to him about getting to play the character yeah is that it has all these incarnations and you see in the did, so you didn't see the post credit scenes i d- i saw the first one because i was still riding that high of just seeing paul rudd walk down the street all uh <laughs> confused about what he had okay. done okay so the yes first I, one was I saw the council the of kings getting yes. high that yes. that was that the, was the one part one. of the movie that made me laugh the most and i don't know if I don't know how I was supposed to feel about that because I guess these people are menacing, but seeing all these different Jonathan Majors hype each other up was objectively hilarious. <laughs> yes, it was pretty funny. It reminded me of the, uh, did you see the Adam Driver Squarespace commercial? No. Go look it up after. It was another Super Bowl commercial, but that one, I don't know. I found it very funny. Uh, um, tangent about Adam Driver. Uh, who's blackmailing him into doing this dinosaur movie? Doesn't he have better things to do? I don't know, but I am so excited for it. It seems like such... I don't know if it's a cash grab for him. I, I mean, just to like do an Star action Wars money. movie. It can't be about money. It simply can't be. But it almost feels like there's no one else in the movie other than him and this little girl and a bunch of CGI dinosaurs. 
and I'm really excited for it. Honestly, I'm for sure gonna see it. <laughs> I'm just really confused. It could be it could be terrible. I'm just I love these kind of movies where it's like probably a trashy sci-fi movie, but some big name actor is just going for it. It just seems so below him. Yeah, I'm so confused. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's doing it as a joke. I, I mean, <laughs> maybe, maybe. It's okay. very possible. I don't Sorry know. about the tangent. We've yeah, gotten very to, little into the movies. Yes. Um, um, I think I see what appealed to him. But in this actual movie, he is a very straightforward villain. Of He's just like, he has these like ambitions to conquer the world that's kind of inherent to every iteration of Kang. And he is bad, and you have to stop him. I can't... At one point... So, we might be jumping around a lot, but <laughs> at okay. one point, he kind of did, like, an explanation of why he... why it's better that he takes over the world. And I don't really remember what his reasoning was, but I feel like there was such, like, a love for the Thanos situation, where it was like, Thanos has a point. And I feel like they try to do this in almost every Marvel movie now, mm-hmm. where they try to make the villain's motivations two-sided, where it's like, oh, can't you see his side of it? And he had this monologue in this one that I was like, oh, they're trying to Thanos him. But ultimately, um, he's just a bad villain. But I think we need to talk about Thanos for a second, because I wholeheartedly agree with you that it seems like they're just like, oh, you guys like Thanos? We're going to make sure every villain has a point from here on out, which, first of all, should have been doing that from the beginning, because any <laughs> like interesting character, we want to have some reason to connect and understand where they're coming from. Thanos, you know, I think there there used to be, I'm sure it's still around, was like a whole subreddit called like Thanos was right or something. Yep. He didn't have a good point. <laughs> like he He absolutely did not have a good point. But that one scene in Endgame where he talks about how when they're on his home planet of Titan and they're talking about how it descended into chaos because they didn't have enough resources. It's like, okay, I can see why he would think that this is a problem everywhere because, you know, here on Earth we have resources issues and you can kind of extrapolate what's going on. He didn't have a good point, but you can empathize with how he got there. There is such a lack of just decent like progression building for these next villains that follow throughout that they want us to be able to dig into something similar to that and it's just all so hollow because yes they tried this with Kang it was like I see what they cannot see the other the other variants of me and it's just all so fluff and nothing because they don't have anything to say they don't have anything interesting and it's frustrating because it's like okay You got the right lesson of being like, I want to create an interesting villain by giving them reasons for having bad actions, but they have no justification for it. It's such it's 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 built out of nothing. And it's immensely disappointing, especially because this is supposed to be the next big bad. It'd be different if this was just, you know, a one off. But we're going to be dealing with Kang for a long time. So I like want to understand why he thinks he's in the right. And he's just. Nothing. I got nothing, and I was disappointed. Uh, that yeah. was my low light of the of the movie. I think. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it is kind of looking back at other movies. It is like very obvious that's the direction they try to go is trying to like 
pit this in a like interesting way where it's like can't you see their side of it a little bit um and and it can be done because you know when i think of like top mcu villains my first thought is like killmonger yep, and you can tell that say. he had an impact on t'challa because t'challa's like yeah us having closed borders is probably not the best for anyone and at the end of the movie they open the borders and of course that brings further complications but I don't know. I, I think anytime you can see one of the heroes be like, okay, and like has like some sort of impact, but that's so clearly not here in the sense that Paul Rudd is walking down the street happy as a lark in the beginning of the movie. And at the end of the movie, he's like starting to question what is going to happen moving forward, but he's not like fundamentally different. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. it's kind of a nothing arc for him, which it's a little sad. Yeah, I think that's Oh, yeah, kind of where I'm going is like they have to earn it like they yeah. earned it with Thanos because it was the buildup of all of these movies. And Killmonger is a rare case because it was so tied to like actual cultural issues. <laughs> yeah, like that is a standalone. movie, And they they did it somewhat less successfully with Wakanda forever, I'd say, with uh, yeah. Tetel Khan or whatever it's called um, and Namor. Um, but. Also, I think they have to be comfortable doing. They kind of did this with Thor four, like Gore the God Butcher. He's just evil. He torments <laughs> kids and yeah. laughs at them. And that was the only part of that movie that worked for me because I was mm -hmm. like, I don't have to. He's just like a fun villain to watch. I don't have to like feel like he might be right. I just want to see a villain be a villain. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you completely. Sometimes we just want to see. There, there's a place for the jokers uh, of the uh -huh. world. You know, people who just want to see watch the world burn, and those are interesting villains in their own right because they inject so much chaos. Um, so, uh, we haven't said anything positive about this movie in a while. Um, uh, <laughs> so let's let's kind of rewind back to back to the beginning. We've got the opening scene. We've mm. kind of touched that a couple times. Um, they kind of set up the whole family. Cassie is grown up now. She's like a troubled teen fighting for like political activist causes. Um, and she's been tinkering with the quantum realm because of course she has. <laughs> so, uh, oh man. So a few things about Cassie we have. And the my favorite part of Ant-Man and also Ant-Man and the Wasp was that relationship between Paul Rudd. And I don't know that little actress's name, but she was great. Like they had great yeah. chemistry together. Yeah. And it hurts that that's not here. But I, I, I think that would be more effective if they had leaned into it. Like in those first couple minutes when they're in the car ride, she's like, well, you weren't here for five years. And he's like, ouch. I, I like sat up in my seat because I was like, we're finally having some like actual like you know plot line repercussions for like the world disappearing or mm -hmm. half the world disappearing for five years because that's such a huge moment and it feels like it's either ignored or played for jokes all of the time yep. so i was happy that we were getting this tension because it was so bittersweet it was like he's with his daughter but they really did miss those five years and then <laughs> immediately it's all gone and we're not it's it's nothing and I, I got very excited for a brief moment when i was like i don't know how this has to do with quantum mania but i'm i'm here for it um yeah that's interesting so do you what do you think of katherine newton because it sounds like you kind of miss the like cute small 
Cassie, which obviously she's going to be older. Yeah. And obviously they're positioning her to be part of like this like next generation female Avengers thing they keep setting up. Yeah, I I don't know if she had a lot to do here. Um, I can see why they picked her. Like she's got those big expressive can fill up with tears eyes. But uh-huh. I, I and like I, it's hard to say that she had like good chemistry with Paul Rudd because I feel like Paul Rudd is kind of a guy you could like put a brick wall against and you'd be like, that's nice. <laughs> you know uh-huh. what I mean? Uh, uh-huh. So I, I, I don't know. I didn't see enough to have an opinion. I, I don't think. Um, how about you? Did you have any opinions on Catherine Newton? Because I don't think she was the actress for Cassie in uh, Endgame, I don't think, right? I, I don't think so. I Because I think that ended up being kind of a thing that yeah, she got replaced, like the actress got replaced and no one like told her she like found out <laughs> what yeah. everyone else did. And I was like, well, that's not great. Yeah, because the last one, I don't remember the last Cassie's name, but she was like a child actor and they wanted like a teen actor i guess no for the person um, in endgame like when paul rudd shows up at the door is like who are you oh yeah, yeah no that was yeah. a different teen cassie yeah you're right you're right i'm yeah looking at their pages i don't i don't think she was all i kn- i know Catherine newton from pokemon detective pikachu what oh my god you're right oh yes. wow oh wow yes it's her okay. and franklin from jurassic world <laughs> good old franklin uh-huh who's gonna be in D? oh yeah we'll we'll see franklin here excited. soon i'm <laughs> playing excited. a sorcerer funny enough uh-huh. um, that's justice smith for those that don't know um because <laughs> justice smith is a household name uh, well uh, franklin's <laughs> definitely not <People laughs> okay fair that. enough that's a fair reference enough. to an episode that we did years ago um yeah but she was in pokemon detective pikachu like four years ago um yeah, I thought she was fine. I think by the time we got to the end of the movie, I was kind of like, huh, there wasn't much of a character arc here. She, like, trusts her dad slightly more, but it's not like there were serious issues there to begin with. No, they, and, man, they they, they could have, they had potential, because she was like, you have superpowers, you need to be doing something with them. And he was just like, I just want to, like, relax and be a part of the family. And so I, know, I, I do think that the, uh, like, cast of characters like that entourage of the family, I think they all bounced off each other really well when they were together for like the two minutes before they got sucked into the quantum realm and then disappeared and we didn't get that bonds anymore um oh man i lost my point oh but they had that through line of her being like oh well you can do more for the little guy and then she like has her rise of skywalker moment and Mm -hmm. like ushers everyone to attack at the very end and they have the big hug yeah i don't know yeah do you think they cut out some of the character like development stuff because it seems like they set up some things like paul red not being present for a long time and i don't know hope van dyne didn't really do anything in this movie at all she's just kind think... of there yeah, yeah they ran did. out they ran out of room but then there's the whole like uh oh what's her name janet and hank situation where it was like oh what was she up to down here for all those years like with bill murray and everything (laughs) and they kind of like reference that but then they like you think it's going to be some tension that's like played throughout the movie and it's just kind of a one-off thing i'm kind of glad it wasn't tension played through the whole thing but i fundamentally don't feel like this was the movie to introduce kang because uh the ant-man films are just so 
smaller stakes mm-hmm. and it doesn't feel like they cut that out. It just feels like they couldn't put that in there because they're having to introduce Kang. Michelle Pfeiffer is like, has probably the second most dialogue in this movie. Like she yeah, does more she was than, much more major than I thought she would. Yeah. Be. She does more than the wasp. And that's kind of weird. Right. And she, I guess we, we had to do that because we had to establish Kang and I don't know. Kang yeah. was getting in. He was getting it in. He was replacing my Ant-Man and that was bothering me. <laughs> yeah, it it just I guess it. I don't know. I don't think it bothered me watching the movie like that piece of it. The lack of kind of our central characters growing or developing wasn't something I was like, oh, man, I wish I had more of that. But it does seem like the the MCU story of the movie drove the characters more than like uh the individual plot of this movie oh man i think that's gonna be a through line for the rest of the mcu because now that we've had this massive success with endgame and or infinity war and endgame we can't yeah i think that's just how they're gonna have to approach every writing situation and i think before they absolutely had everything figured out. You know, we they called it phase one and phase two and stuff, but I, I I get the very distinct impression they were figuring stuff out, like probably midway through phase two. They were like, mm-hmm. okay, here's the rest of our plan. But that's absolutely what it was like. They have a plan for the MCU and the characters have to kind of fit into that instead of being like character driven. And that's so sad <laughs> when it comes to storytelling for me. Yeah. Yeah, and I yeah well uh, we'll talk about the mcu more once we once we get through this movie um we haven't even gotten to like the quantum realm yet i don't Um, think i have as much to say about the quantum realm honestly well i have to at least know what you (laughs) thought of it because i feel like this is from talking to other people this i don't know if it's divisive but it's certainly like people are like wasn't really expecting that um so cassie's been tinkering with quantum realm she's boots up some device that doesn't really make any sense and it sends a signal to the quantum realm and somehow someone i kang i guess receives the signal and is somehow able to suck them in Uh, no even attempt to explain how that works i at this point it's like i don't know i feel like when we watched the first quantum or ant-man movie we were just like quantum 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 that's all they said like and we were kind of making fun of how much they attempted to like explain quantumness mm-hmm. and in this one it's just like they don't explain it at all they're like we're going to the quantum realm and it's like what does that mean what what does that mean but it's also so confusing because at this point let's talk about our quantum realm appearances we saw it at the very end of ant-man when he like shrinks down but mm-hmm. he's kind of just in a nothing void, so he comes back, he's yep. fine. We saw it in Quantumania where Hank goes down to get Michelle, and they're kind of just in the middle of this weird field. But now they go down, and they're just in a it's place. It's an entire universe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're in Dune for a while. <laughs> it's like, it's Dune, and it's like the Star Wars prequels, mm-hmm. and it's like the Strange World movie that was on Disney+. Plus. It's like all of those things just like smashed into this like bizarro thing. And I think this is what I'm talking about when I say that they took a big swing with this is like, I don't know. They did. I don't feel like they had to go this direction with it, but clearly this is what interested them was to do like a big sci-fi world with lots of characters. And well, 
they had to go to the quantum realm because Kang had to be somewhere. I guess. Why couldn't he be in the... I guess if he was in the normal world, then it would be like, why aren't all the other heroes helping to defeat him? And where has he been? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Again, I I feel like it's those kind of plot things that are kind of driving the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Which, also, I I didn't mind like the the big craziness of the quantum realm there's specifically one scene when they're kind of like walking through a market and they go to the like cantina thing where it feels very like star warsy it's all these people in weird costumes and they keep focusing on them and they like call out the broccoli man and that felt (laughs) like a very marvel joke and it just felt like someone was like i want to do like a star warsy kind of thing and I guess James Gunn told him not in my universe uh, since <laughs> he has kind of control there. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then that was fine. I, I do think that the I don't have a bunch of complaints about the CGI except for the Dune part where <laughs> they're just at a green screen. I was like, OK, this this doesn't look great. But besides that, the CGI didn't bother me too much. I feel like that's been a complaint I've seen. And yeah, I, I don't know, maybe I'm just people have complained. Yeah, I, I just I'm not very uh, critical when it comes to CGI, uh, to, but I guess that does lead us to the one person we absolutely have to talk about when it comes to CGI. I don't know Modoc. Oh yes, Modoc. Oh, yes. Who do you yes. mean? Who am I talking yes. about? <laughs> I don't. I think. Yeah, I have never been more confused with how to react to a character than when I saw Modoc on screen. And to be fair. All the actors did the exact same thing. They were like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, what happened? <laughs> I, yeah, I think I I think I'm with you. I think it was confusing. I think I like vacillated between like what are you doing, movie? And like this is funny, and then this is annoying, and then like I want more Modoc, and then like, oh, you've given me too much Modoc. It was just like all over the place. Yeah, my gauge was similarly all over the place. <laughs> he comes in and they they hit him hard. Like they use him. Like he is the like comedy for the second half of the movie. Because like, what a wild decision! <laughs> it is a wild decision because I don't think Corey Stoll is known as a comedic actor. No. Or known for, I don't know what he's done in the past, like, eight years. Nor is this character supposed to be redeemed in a comedic sense. I don't know. I don't know. It was a pretty crazy choice. But honestly, I think that kind of, like, if there's something that's, like, memorable to take away from this, I think it's at least got something that's, like, funny and memorable like that. I will never forget MODOK. Yes. (laughs) I can tell you that with certainty. Yes, it, it is pretty bizarre. Um, yeah. Uh, I want to get to his like ending scene because that was probably the one thing in the movie that I found hilarious. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was that was that was crazy. I'm just trying to even process how they put that in because it goes between like. You've got Jonathan Majors playing like mega villain and like torturing Paul Rudd in his like chamber mm-hmm. while he like watches his daughter be threatened. And then you like cut over to Modoc and he's like, hey, I'm a big head. And it's so it's so jarring 
but it it again feels very like Marvel, Marvel's kind of humor at this yeah. stage. Yeah. How bizarre, man. Oh man. Um, <laughs> let's see what even happens in the uh, okay. There's there's the entire like tribal village of like there's like a warrior woman and. Oh like a guy that's just has like a laser beam for a head not just any guy it's william jackson harper he plays cheaty and the in the good place okay good no place. not him yeah, yeah, yeah he's the telepathic oh guy. oh you're talking about I'm the talking about guy like the, with the face of yeah, four yeah, laser yeah. okay <laughs> yes uh, yes i i really liked william jackson harper's character he does nothing though i was angry <laughs> why waste <laughs> this actor like this because i love the good place the good place is probably my number two favorite tv series of all time if you haven't watched it folks uh highly recommended um i i and i genuinely think that william jackson harper is a good actor why <laughs> why this role and i had seen like rumors that he was going to be in the mcu and, you know, I started thinking about stuff. I was like, what big position could he be in? I was like, he's probably a little too old for like, you know, Fantastic Four, even though I think he'd be a good Reed Richards. Like, what, what's he going to do? And he's just a guy. Yeah, do you? I mean, I don't expect you to know this. Do you know if any of those characters are like actual Marvel Oh. Like, were they created for this movie and oh. only this movie? Oh, Aaron, we're so far past my knowledge of Marvel, which is why I just don't even care to stay for the end credit scenes, because I don't know who Harry Styles' character is. I don't know who any of yeah. these people are anymore. So I will say, looking at the Wikipedia cast list, it's him and uh, David Desmond. I don't know how to say his last name, Desmulchian. Um, who is actually in the Robert crew in the Ant-Man movies. He's the voice of the goo guy with the what? holes. Yeah. Oh, but those I are did the not only care for that joke. But Those are the only two characters on the character list that you can't click on their character name and go to a separate page. So I'm going to say that those two are completely made up. This is a weird movie. Also, uh, William Jackson Harper's character's name is Quaz. His character didn't get a name. Don't Which, lie to me. There's no way like, they said his name was Quaz at any point. <laughs> it's also Q-U-A-Z, so they definitely just looked at Quantum and just put a Z on it. It's pretty lazy. I'm sorry, DJ. You, you look so dejected. The audience can't see, but that that uh, really... Uh, it, it's also I hate like, that. I, don't, I actively hate that. I don't think I've ever seen just like... Like a telepath is usually a pretty like important character, at least plot wise, to do something. And I don't and he wasn't even playing it like super funny. Like he was kind of the straight man. But it was only used for jokes. I think one time he got a code out of a guard. That yeah, you're right. And and they made I was it just seem like, like they wouldn't trust Ant Man or Cassie otherwise. I was like these. Be I was like you're like the rebels. You're not just gonna execute these random people. I, uh... Yeah, it's the kind of role where like I don't know in like a Fast and Furious movie or something where it's like they kind of just throw a role to a celebrity that just wants to be in the movie. Mm -hmm. I can't think of a great example other than like the McElroy brothers having voices in the Trolls movies. Yeah, it's pretty apt. Um, 
but it almost feels like they threw him a bone by letting him be in here rather than like they wanted this character in the story for any reason that's what i'm thinking too but i'm like but why why yeah Yeah, why (laughs) yeah i don't know i don't know this this whole like tribe of people was pretty baffling they're like quantum people because i guess it's to develop a connection so you actually care when they like save the quantum realm but But i didn't I don't but know like... this place. I don't know these people. I, the five people who went through the port. Wait, was it five? Yeah, the five people who went through the portal mm-hmm. spent most of the time apart. Those are the people I cared about. Their connections, their bonds. I can't yep. care about these people who don't even have Wikipedia pages for their supposed Marvel characters. I can't. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't feel like we're going to see them ever again. What a waste of Cheaty. Oh, that makes me upset. <laughs> oh, it makes me mad. Oh man! Well, you know, with a multiverse, they could always no, recast no, 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 him no, 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 as another version. I'm just <sighs> saying, there's a chance it's been done before. Oh man! Okay, what else about this movie? We've been bouncing around. Um, what did you think of Janet Van Dyne's whole storytelling about Kang and reading his mind and him getting a suit back and that whole thing? Uh, it was fine. I I think it's hard now that we know that Kang has all these versions and all these multiverses to care about like any one of his individual people because mm. you just kind of feel like well this probably isn't the one that's going to do anything like even at that point in the movie I was like I, it's too we know that it's building up to like a grand Thanos finale so you know he's not going to like at the very most, maybe he would have had a small victory in, at the end of this one, or he would have escaped. And then it's like, oh, what's he going to do next? Mm-hmm. But he's not going to like conquer everything in this movie, so I don't know. It, it kind of just lessens those stakes. Also, to be clear, he's just a human, right? Uh, it, unclear. I feel like he seemingly exists only in the multiverse i don't know what his like actual origin is i thought he was just a guy like i i because i rewatched that scene on uh uh loki i thought he was just like a human who like has super advanced technology i'm not sure i'm sure we'll get more explanation or maybe we won't but yeah um, he's also i mean he just kind of has iron man powers right (laughs) He's got a suit. He has a suit with repulsion beams and a shield. He's and, Iron Man. I, well, I will say, without the suit, he throws a mean right hook. Oh, that's true. I mean, the, they the showed off, stacked. Yeah, They showed <laughs> so, off his Creed training for a bit. Absolutely. He was just like one-twoing him at the end, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> but they also, I was like, hey, like, man, go smaller again. He doesn't have his <laughs> visor to see. No, they had to have him get beat up. They should have just had a little watermark Creed 3 at the bottom of the screen during that. Just like, coming next week, Creed mm-hmm. 3. Um, yeah, that was funny. But yeah, I don't... I, it's unclear, like, his... And this is probably the same of Thanos. Thanos is just, like, a big purple man that's really strong and he gets yeah, but stronger at least we the more knew he, he was alien. Like, this, I, I think Kane yeah. might just be a human. But anyways, yeah. anyways, anyways, it doesn't matter. He's trapped for a while, I guess. 
Um, you know, I think this movie would have redeemed a lot for me if there would have been more stakes at the end. At the very end, when like um, they're all going through the portal, I thought Paul Rudd was just going to like sacrifice himself and be like, this is it. I thought they weren't going to open the portal again. I did I was too. Like, now that's a hero. Like he was trying to redeem himself in his daughter's eyes. And like that, that would have been amazing, I think. Well, I, and you kind of get the feeling like, I don't know if Paul Rudd wants to keep doing this, where yeah. it's just like large CGI adventures and he gets like 10 jokes. I don't know. I sure. I could see in that moment, I saw a path out of the MCU for him, or at least like a path to sit on the sideline for a while. Yeah. And, and I, I was pretty surprised. I It almost feels like they could have gone either way there and... Yeah, they decided to pull him back in. So yeah, I mean, I I thought they weren't going to reopen the portal because I thought they were going to be like, we don't know what's happening on the other side. We can't uh-huh. risk Kane getting out. Like I thought Michelle Pfeiffer was really going to be like, I know we want to save Paul Rudd. I'm not even using their actual like character names anymore. <laughs> I know we want to save uh, what is his name Scott, but we can't because Kang might get out. That would have been, I don't know. It would have been interesting for sure. Yeah. I think it would have had people talking more at the end of it of like, oh, what does this mean? Yeah. Like he's trying. But also we've kind of had the wasn't that the end of uh was it Ant-Man Infinity and War? Ant Man and the Wasp where he's just stuck in the quantum realm. Yeah, and then he comes back in Endgame. So we've had that, yeah, we've had that before. So I can see where it was like, oh, we've done this before. I don't know. I yeah, yeah I was prepared yeah. for it to be that, and I was like, oh, I was actually not expecting this. Um, but no, he gets pulled back out, and he just kind of questions if he has unleashed some sort of greater evil. Um. Okay. Yeah. What What else do we have to discuss, Ant Man wise? Oh, we didn't talk about uh, Modok's demise. You oh said yes, Modok's. Modok's demise. So he's got these tiny little arms and this massive head, and he starts like touching Scott on the face with his tiny arms as he's dying. He had a hero moment of redemption, which I was like, I don't know why we needed to redeem Modok. Like, wasn't necessary at all. As but... Cassie pointed out, he tried to murder a twelve or a six-year-old girl. So uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know if he. I think they talked about the Pym particles messing with his head or something like that. So maybe it wasn't all on him. I don't know. Um, You know who I was shocked made it out of this movie? We haven't really talked about him. Michael Douglas. I was for sure that Michael Douglas, after having to deal with all this CGI nonsense, would sacrifice himself and he wasn't going to make it. Because at one point when they were in the Dune place, he was just looking around like, whoa. I was like, Michael Douglas, you have to hate this. There's no way you don't hate this. <laughs> I think I think Michael Douglas enjoys the easy paychecks. <laughs> that is my theory. I noticed in the end credits, like it goes through like all the people. Of course, Michael Douglas is last. You know, the special people always get the like and featuring. Mm-hmm. And his was and featuring Michael Douglas as Hank Pym. Like no one else had their character name with their actor name. And he had that name with him. And I was okay. like, what? what is this to him? Like, why is he so proud of being Hank Pym? I, I just, he's 78 years old. I know. <laughs> he cannot like this. I... I know. And he doesn't do much other than stick his hand in the gooey things in the sh- 
And then he just kind of stands in front of a giant green screen of ants like swarming things. Yeah. Maybe he's having fun. Maybe I don't know. I uh, think he's having maybe fun I don't cashing know. the checks. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. I just am a little surprised. Can you imagine if all you had to do was say like five lines and you just stood there, stood where they tell you to, and then you go home and you've made like a million dollars? It would just I guess be that's pretty true. nice. I guess that's my ageism peeking through. I guess I just assumed once you were in the game for long enough, you'd be looking down on all these movies as lowbrow, but I mean, I don't think he not. I don't think he ran anywhere in this, but I don't think he broke a sweat. He shouldn't have, because I don't like seeing, like, 78-year-old men have to work up a spread. Sweat. But it's I like, feel like Michelle fine. Pfeiffer did. Michelle Pfeiffer had several action scenes, which I'm sure it was, like, stunt double and everything, but she was working hard in this movie. <laughs> she was doing more than the Wasp, so I'm glad. Yeah, yeah. So. um, Let's see. Yep, post credit scene. I think we got to talk about was the Council of Kangs, which apparently is a thing. I don't really know much Kang lore at all. Yeah, this is all outside of my depth, and frankly, I am not going to do the research for it. So, and I mean, it, it was probably the same with like the Infinity. So I knew what like the Infinity Gauntlet was like a glove, and you had to get all the <laughs> stones to yeah. make it the most powerful, and that was simple enough. I don't. I, I mean, hopefully they do a little more explaining of what the Council of Kings is and where that's going. But um, that was definitely a preview. That was kind of the like when we used to get the post credit scenes of like a little trip to Thanos Island floating out in space. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it'd I'll be do like it myself. Yeah, I'll do it myself. Or like, uh, he'd just kind of growl. It feels like that kind of level of of what's going on. Yeah. The Wikipedia um, says that the Kangs are concerned by Earth 616's increasing interest in the multiverse. I wouldn't say anyone in the Ant-Man world was interested in it. Well, I guess Hank Pym was, or excuse me, Michael Douglas playing Hank Pym. Um is is like our are you and I supposed to be in Earth 616? I don't think so. Is there I like think... a fourth screen? Because I would not say that our interest in the multiverse is growing to a troubling level. <laughs> Uh, no, I think they try to be tongue-in-cheek and we are some sort of different Earth. An Earth without heroes, I okay. guess. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, <laughs> okay, so you, you didn't stay for the second after-credits teaser. No, I couldn't, no. Um, it was another Kang appearance, and it was a setup for Loki Season 2. Okay. It was kind of like an, like a, I don't know late 1800s kind of old-timey like traveling show kind of thing with some sort of like whiz man that i don't know i don't know what he was doing something with math and something but it was a version of kang and he's like a traveling genius or something um and loki and owen wilson's character are there like tracking him down okay and that was that was pretty much it so it seems to me like we've got Kang here. We'll have Kang in Loki season two, and then maybe little after credits teasers up until the big show in Avengers five. Oh God. Okay. 
So I think I think that's the trajectory. Just so so we're all on the same page. Um, okay, we got to talk about what what we're doing with the MCU these days. I know I know it's a big eye roll, <laughs> but um, are you? What's your like interest level? I don't know if it even matters because I know me, and even if I'm not interested, I'm gonna watch all this. Yep. Yep, we will we will see all these movies, and we will at least be interested in talking to about them to each other. Yes, I know that yes. much. So I can whine and complain all I want, but I know deep down, I'm gonna watch all these. I'm gonna watch all the TV shows. I'm gonna watch all the movies, uh-huh. and that's just where I am. Uh, so I don't I don't even know if I'm interested, and I don't know why I'm already committed to watching these things. But I guess that means I'm at least slightly interested, or interested in talking about it so I, I don't know where are you at um i feel like i'm i don't know if i'm not checked out but i feel like i've kind of stepped back in a way where i'm still seeing the movies i'm still observing it but i'm not like researching anything mm. i'm not like i don't know trying to think about what's coming next in like a very specific way trying to map out where things are gonna go i think i'm just kind of like i don't know it's like a restaurant and they're serving me food and i'm just like kind of taking it as it comes um which is fine and i don't i don't think i'm like not enjoying it certainly not as much as some people i think to me the most interesting thing is watching kind of the general public's feel of mcu movies which seems to be taking a pretty sharp nosedive i mean i i don't know if it's still the case but this was like the lowest rotten tomatoes ranked movie at some point around opening weekend which Mm. people are like alarmed by but i don't think that really means a whole lot because this is not the worst movie that they've had in the mcu yeah and i hate that that's kind of the through line now because people are being like haha mcu is garbage now i was like i like this more than a couple other recent movies it feels like i don't i don't uh-huh. know if it deserves all this just feels like it's the latest thing to kind of beat up and yeah i don't know if i agree with it necessarily yeah i think i think it's one i think it's two things one i think people were spoiled I think yeah. I think we had an incredible run from 2017 through Endgame in 2019 um where like every single movie was like a hit. Mm-hmm. Um cuz we had so starting in July of 2017 there was Spider-Man Homecoming which is a big success got people excited. Thor Ragnarok people still rave about Thor Ragnarok. True. Black Panther like mm. game-changing movie infinity war and mm. then you've got two just like fillers with ant-man and the wasp and i would say kind of a miss with captain marvel yeah and then Endgame, mm. and that's all in like not even two years man and i we think really we're living the dream weren't we <laughs> well yeah and i think i think people expect that level of like having their socks knocked off of like every one of these is just really going to do it for you. Whereas like, I don't know, even if you go back to phase two, it was like, there were a couple good ones. There were a couple stinkers. Yeah. Like, I don't know. And I, I feel mostly that phase four has been a lot of what I would say is like mid-level movies 
like I think they're at what 31 released MCU yep. movies now. Mm-hmm. And I feel like most of these fall in that middle third, maybe oh, towards yeah. the bottom of the middle third. But I don't know. I really did not like Thor 4. Um, that would probably be a bottom tier movie for me. Aaron, you're sounding dangerously close to ranking all of these movies. <laughs> oh man. Do you wanna rank do you wanna rank phase four? Just phase four and Ant Man? I if we, Should keep we try it to, to do phase it? four. Oh man, this is dangerous. We're, so but this we're gonna is, do this, it. Okay. We'll do it. This is only eight movies. I think we can do this. So I'm gonna I listen to Watch this take a full hour. <laughs> it could. It could. <laughs> this is what we do though. Um Okay, I'm just going to read through them all. I'm assuming you're pulling up a list somewhere. Oh, you know it. Okay, because I I did have the thought earlier this week. I was like, oh, I should go and either re-listen or at least pull up our MCU, mainly Marvel ranking when we ranked everything and like start slotting some of these in. And I'm like, no, I I do not want to no, do that. No, no, we can't, I, I we simply can't, can't think that. about No, no, that, that think... list is enshrined and we, we have to laminate it and put it away. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I can't, can't think, think about, about Thor, how... Thor, Thor some more against <laughs> Iron Man 2. I just can't. Yeah. <laughs> yep, I agree. I agree. But I think you could start over because they're separating it as the Infinity Saga and the Multiverse Saga. And we could we could kind of start a little ranking here. So, okay. Here are the eight movies that have been released. Black Widow, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Eternals, Spider-Man No Way Home, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, Thor Love and Thunder, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, and Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. What is the worst of those eight movies to you? Oh, man. Uh... And to me, there's only two correct answers. Okay, I'm looking at the list. The worst? Yes. All of these movies are so <laughs> mediocre. They're, I know. They're right they're all kind of right in that middle zone, which I think makes it actually harder, but I yeah. think I don't think they're bad. Man, this okay. This is tough. <laughs> um the one I don't know if this is even fair, but the one I want to put at the bottom. <laughs> It's probably Black Widow because okay, that's one of two. It's the Incredible Hulk of this of this it saga, is. right? It's a character who it's even worse than Incredible Hulk. It's not just a different actor. It's a character who is canonically dead, and I guess we get the introduction of Yelena and Luhu, but yeah, I think the two things you can like take from that movie were Yelena and there was like one cool scene with Taskmaster just where they're like fighting on the bridge oh that was a cool scene or the cool scene i should say but as a whole i would say that was a pretty like uh, we've got to do this movie but it's kind of a throwaway one they did scarlett johansson dirty (laughs) i mean i mean giving her a movie after a character's dead then not even paying her all that she was owed it was a weird time for sure and also (laughs) this was like movie theaters weren't completely back yet Mm mm-hmm it's like mid twenty twenty one. It was it was definitely a weird time. Yeah. Um. Okay. I'm I'm fine putting that at eight. Um. Well, I, I, I would... want it at eight for now until we start discussing other things. And it, it, it might it might move around. I'm I'm putting this all into a spreadsheet now because you know how. Okay. I 
Okay. Um, but you said that was one of two movies you were thinking about being at the bottom. Yes. I would say that most people would have Eternal smack at the bottom. Yes. And I will argue that I would put it above Thor Love and Thunder. Wow. You really didn't like Love and Thunder. I really did. It just really did not. Other than Christian Bale's character, I did not enjoy the movie. It just, I don't know. I feel like the jokes didn't, I like, I don't know. There were jokes happening and I was actively thinking these aren't funny. And that's kind of my lasting impression of the movie is like a comedy that I don't like. Yeah, I'm good with that. I'm good with putting Thor for Thor some more at the bottom. Yeah, I mean, and I what, think it. Where are we with Thor now? He he's kind of I the same no person, but now he has a daughter. He yeah he, both feels like he's like aged and is less mature. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, weird. I don't know. He for him. he seems to like every story with him now is like he's an even bigger teenager, and has to like figure out how to like grow up a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. It's just kind of a weird spot they've got him in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for me, what I appreciate about Eternals more than this is I think Eternals is something completely different, going a completely different direction. And no one had any expectations of what this was going to be. I think Thor, a lot of people had very high hopes coming off of Ragnarok. And I don't think it met those at all. No. Not at all. Um, But I I understand that Eternals is weird and it's maybe a little too weird. And I don't know if it stuck with a lot of people, but I thought it was it was trying to do something different. And I appreciated that. It really didn't stick with me very much, which is uh, making it tough for me to place it. I know one that I feel like I want towards the bottom because I personally didn't have a good time is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I okay. did not care for this movie. It made me upset because it took a character whose whole thing was intelligence and then gave him a whole movie where he was looking to other people for help. And I was like, you're supposed to be the smart one. It very much disappointed me. Um, but again, I, that might just have more to do with expectations. I don't know where I want to place any of these. This is very tough. Uh, maybe let's jump to the top because I think I know what okay. we need to put at the top. <laughs> um, would that be Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania? I, it would not be Ant Man and the Wasp. <laughs> I, I, it does. Uh, I think number one, just for like being a fun time, a Spider Man No Way Home. Yes, I think everyone would have this at the top of Phase Four slash beginning of five yeah i i I don't Um, even want to look at this movie subjectively or objectively or whatever like it's just i had a fun time seeing all the spider people that's it (laughs) (laughs) that's all that's honestly all you need yeah and i think i don't know it's it is interesting how spider-man has kind of stayed almost a neutral party yeah like he's in the avengers movies but i feel like each of the spider-man movies do feel kind of separated from some of the craziness of the mcu even though like dr strange is in there doing multiverse things (laughs) yeah it just seems like those are like they have enough definition to be their own Mm storyline 
Um, yeah, and they're like connected to Sony a little bit, and you got all the like Spider Verse stuff going on. So that's, uh, yeah, the whole MCU could collapse, and Spider Man would be fine. <laughs> You're absolutely absolutely right, and maybe it's semi separation from the muck of the MCU is what kind of benefits it in this case. But yeah, I just like seeing all the Spider People together. Um, not yeah, a perfect a movie, time. but I fun. haven't I haven't had a strong desire to rewatch it at all. Same, but it's kind of stuck with me pretty well. I feel like I wouldn't yeah. be like seeing anything new. Yeah, I can I can remember it pretty well, but I I don't know. There is like a part of me that's like I don't know. I, it's I really enjoyed it, but I don't love it as much as I feel like I'm supposed to. And I don't know why that is. Yeah, if I <clears throat> part of that is I think if we watched it a second time, I don't think we would enjoy it as much. Probably. Uh, I do remember that one being a couple scenes from that being times where I was like, man, the CGI is not great. <laughs> like the very end fight when uh, yeah, Tom Holland I, is fighting Willem Dafoe. I was like, this is not good. And this is like yeah, the very end of the movie. <laughs> yeah. And it's such a like high profile movie. So yeah. I yeah, I feel like that is like something that kind of sticks with me. That's interesting. I mean, there's there's instances of that in other other movies, and that's kind of become a big like hitting point for a lot of people. Like you mentioned with Ant Man, of people just bashing on the CGI, which I it, like. It's a resource thing. It's yeah, people are still recovering from COVID. I did notice in the credits for Ant Man, like all of the you know, there's like five minutes of CGI credits. It seems like a lot of it gets outsourced to other countries just because we don't have the manpower to do it all. That sounds about and, right. And I, I just, I wonder if there's struggles with doing it that way. I bet. Um, especially when you're on such tight timelines, but. Yeah, and I assume that Marvel is doing a decent amount of like trying to keep everything contained, no spoilers, and I bet that stuff kind of slows stuff down so yeah i do think they're making a good call in they've kind of put the brakes on with the tv shows they're yes. like slowing down how quickly they're coming out i think that was the right call because i think it was too much happening all at once and it just like some of it was sticking most of it wasn't it was just like it was too much for a while and people got fatigued. Yeah. People got full. I don't know if they were fatigued. I just feel like <laughs> it was like my stomach was full. And I it didn't was a want cool more. idea to be like, as soon as a TV show is done, we've got another movie coming out. But it, it was. It's not lot. sustainable. Yeah. Not in terms of quality at, all, at least. But no. Um, okay. So we've got Spider-Man at the top. We've got Black Widow at the bottom. Did we agree that Thor is number seven? Yes. Okay, and then Eternals number six. I guess I just I have no opinions about Eternals really. I don't okay, think. I I like feel are they like... coming back? Like if they That's disappeared from know. the MCU, I don't think be... I would notice. It would be very bizarre if they had a movie with all these new characters and none of them had any impact. But also, I think that's the one movie you could do it with because, like, even the post credits scene, like this was the one with Harry Styles. It's like. When are we ever going to see him? In six years? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Will we all hate Harry Styles by then? It's possible. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Eternals has to be six because I think there's so much. I feel like this is probably the one that gets the most like hate from people. Yeah. 
Um, and then you, okay, so we've got, okay, we've got Spider-Man at the top. What do you think is second place? I would say it's got to be between Wakanda Forever and Shang-Chi. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I'm trying to think out logistics. I liked like three-fourths of Shang-Chi. I really, really liked. Um, I liked... It's hard because now I've done enough research to know what the original plan for Black Panther 2 was going to be. <laughs> and it makes and me it sad makes, that... It makes sense because a yeah. lot of the bones are still there. Yeah. Um, And I think I think that's, that's the hard part is I think I had fun with Shang-Chi... I did not have as much fun with Wakanda Forever, but that's because... You couldn't, because cause it's a yeah, downer, dude. <laughs> it's an absolute downer. Yeah. And I, I, don't, I don't think I hold that against it, though. Like, no. Not every movie you watch is a feel-good movie, that's but true. most MCU movies are supposed Our to feel be feel-good movies. Good movies. Yeah. And I think he... I really respect what Ryan Coogler did with just... I don't know. We see so many of these movies where it gets rewritten and you got to reshoot parts of it and some crisis happens and you got to like shift around half of the movie. And more often than not, they're complete disasters. And this was not a disaster at all. I, I think I, I want to put it... Black Panther 2 as number okay. two, just for what, as you said, Kugler had to do, because just given his situation, I, I can't imagine a better product. And that's not to say this is a consolation prize because there are a lot of parts about Wakanda Forever that I really liked. There's some really um, cool stuff in it. Um, yeah, the it's... only knock I would have against it was the like final CGI battle on the like cruiser ship thing. That's what I'm I was just... thinking, but that's also where Shang Chi lost me. Shang Chi lost me. That last I I, yes. battle against the dragon. It's like yes, why? I can picture them all standing on the CGI castle. And it's like a little wall and there's a big smoke cloud coming with a big dragon in it. Mm. And I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So we'll go, we'll go number one, no way home. Number two, Wakanda forever. Number three, Shang-Chi. Um, I'm trying to think. Okay. So that just leaves us with the middle is either ant-man and the wasp quantumania or dr strange and the multiverse of madness uh, for four and five yeah. which feels feels right to me because it was i don't know i didn't dislike either one and i didn't love either one i feel like i disliked dr strange more because i expected more but i don't i don't think that's i think i need to step back and look at it a little more objectively but I also think if I look on the list and see Doctor Strange number three, I'll be upset. Or well, it'd number be number four, four at the highest. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't argue for it for above four for sure. And I, yeah, I don't know. I'm almost not far enough away from Quantum Mania to know. Yeah, because I don't. Yeah, I don't think I love Doctor Strange, and I'm trying to think of what the like memorable parts were. I think there were some like cool smaller scenes of like specific things happened. <laughs> but the story as a whole didn't really captivate me. I think I want to put Ant-Man above Doctor Strange. Let's do it. Cuz I had a little fun with Ant-Man. <laughs> it had Modok. Did I have any fun in Doctor Strange? Um 
Um, I feel like one of the scenes that for some reason is memorable to me is when he has like the music note battle. Oh yeah, that was but but I don't know if interesting. I like even love that scene. That's Yeah. just <laughs> the one that that's the one that plays in my mind when I think I feel like when I like think of movies, there's usually a specific scene that just starts playing. And I feel like that's the one for Doctor Strange for whatever reason. Oh, like your Marvel moment from there. Um, Yeah, maybe that is kind of what I'm thinking. I'm get I'm I'm getting a blank, man. Like there is the fight against the Illuminati, which is something, but it's also I keep forgetting that that happened. that's not a good sign. That was supposed to be something very That impactful. I know, <laughs> I know, I know. But the fact that they just kind of like robbed it of all meaning by the end of it. Yeah. And like what what do we do with Scarlet Witch now? Like she's coming back, I assume. Do we are we cool with her? Do we blame it Is all she though? on the book Like she when was reading? when is she coming back? Where is she coming back? I I just um even looking at their list of movies out until the Avengers I mean maybe it's in the Avengers movie, but unless it's in some like little side credit scene, I don't see where a lot of characters get any time. At this point, the Avengers movie, to me, feels like they're going to have a bunch of moments, you know, like in Infinity War, where we see Captain America for the first time, he like steps out of the shadows. The Avengers movies, to me, feel like they're building towards a movie, which is only that, which is every five minutes, a character walks out of the shadows. And we're like, wait, what was Hawkeye doing last in his TV series? And we have to think about that. That's what it feels like they're building towards, because... We haven't seen any sort of cohesion. Um, okay. I, I, I'm looking at the list. Are, are you happy with what we've got so far? Yeah, no, I'm happy. Okay. So for those of you at home who may want it read aloud again, our official ranking for the, uh, what is this called? The multiverse saga? Okay. Yes, it For is. the MCU is number Not one. as catchy. <laughs> no, definitely not as sketchy. Um, number one, Spider-Man No Way Home. Number two, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Number three, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Number four, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Number five, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Number six, Eternals. Number seven, uh, Thor, Love and Thunder. And number eight, Black Widow. So, again, these are all subject to Aaron and I's opinion and also subject to change at any moment. Um, I feel kind of bad putting Black Widow at the bottom. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie I to you. I would I would I would move it above Thor four. I don't know when it switched on me, but I just decided that I'm not going to like Thor four. Like that I'm gonna be antagonistic towards it. That's fair. That's fair. this does bring me back to like the mainly Marvel days, and I I think something that you coined was that if the movie doesn't like progress the pro the plot of the MCU forward, then it has to at least be good and. I think that the sticking point for me is Black Widow. She's gone. She's absolutely gone. But I guess Love and Thunder, he has a daughter now. And that's something we have to deal with, I guess. Yeah, I, when but is that's it? not When advancing are the younger? the plot. Yeah, Adding that's true. a character does not count as advancing the plot because they add four characters in every movie. Ab you're absolutely right. I We've guess added I just meant so for like many characters. the characterization of Thor. Now he has to he has something to do besides regress, I suppose. Yeah, Um and yeah, I'm not buying it. when are these young Avengers supposed to do something? Like I don't know. There's all not these a young folks. I 
I don't know if they're actually saving. I'm kind of curious because here's what I think is going to happen. There's a year gap between Kang Dynasty and the sixth Avengers, which is Secret Wars. Yeah. And in one of those movies, they're going to, if not both of them, they're going to kill off a bunch of the old guard. Like the people that stuck around for this saga, I just, I don't think Chris Hemsworth's going to keep going. Right? I mean, I I was saying we need to thin the herd for Endgame. Like after Infinity War, I was like, well, no, not all these people are going to make it. And basically uh -huh. all of them did, but like, uh -huh. oh, well, I guess three. I think they're going to have to start knocking off people. So I think somewhere either in that year between or after, it's going to be clear what the like, future of um the mcu is and i think it's got to be the next generation i think it can't be you've still got all these characters i think they're gonna yeah. try to keep it going and that's why they've got all these young actors a they're lot of young females to be 30 by the time that any of this happens right yeah but wasn't like chris evans was at least 30 when they he started as captain america yeah it's just that i feel like in the the world of the mcu these are all like teenagers or people who just got or like 20 year olds yeah so yeah yeah i don't know i mean some of them will pop out in and out of tv shows i'm sure yeah um but it it does seem like they just keep expanding this roster of like the next generation and there's nothing for them to like do or unite over so unclear but it does seem like there's some sort of plan for something which is what people have been asking for i haven't i just want to enjoy a movie <laughs> um, yeah yeah okay so this was the multiverse saga so far and that was ant-man and the wasp what like keeping it in the mcu again for a minute like what what's next is it is there a tv show or uh, I feel like they honestly haven't announced premiere dates for any of the TV shows. I think it's Guardians 3 in May is the next thing coming out. I bet something comes out before then on Disney+, Plus, but um, mm. it might be like What If Season 2. What a waste. <laughs> I liked What If until they brought everyone together. I was like, that's the whole why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. It was fun when it was like fun ideas outside of the MCU, but then yes. they started tying it all together. Yep, it was like self-contained stories that we can like experiment with weird stuff. Cool. What if we brought everyone together? Wait, what? Why? Why would we and do then, this? What if we recycled some of the plot lines in a mainstream movie with Doctor Strange? Baffling. That was pretty strange to me, but that's the name of the movie, so... um. Yeah, I guess Guardians is next. Do you think so? We've got Guardians this year, Guardians three, and we've got the Marvels in November, and those are our MCU movies for the year. Um, we're kind of trying to do one of these a month. Do you think those are going to take up two of our months? That strongly depends on what else is coming out in May and November. Honestly. I guess that's true. I guess they can be overshadowed. We'll we'll reserve that right. Yeah, I think we'll have to look at the list when we get there, but. I am assuming that we're going to see Guardians 3. I think that's going to be impactful enough uh, that 
we're going to want to watch that as soon as it comes out. I can't say the same for the Marvels, <laughs> but, yeah. but we, I haven't seen a trailer or anything, so I don't know. Uh, yeah. Cool. Well, um, do we have any idea of what is coming next month? <laughs> well, we have kind of teased it, and um, <laughs> you and I will be... Uh, I don't know how many movies we're going to see in total. Uh, I'll probably only see this one. But I do know that we are going to be seeing uh, Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves, I think is the is the title. Uh-huh. Uh, this may seem like a random movie for us to be seeing, but... I don't uh, think so. I think this is on brand. <laughs> well, I, I mean, dear Everyone listener, I don't nerds. know if you know this, but Aaron and I have been in a, uh, a, a D&D campaign not since we've been on hiatus, but uh, partway through our hiatus, it's one of the things we've been doing to keep in touch with each other. And it seems very apt that since we're now still in a D&D campaign for us to go see the D&D movie. Yes, I'm... and you you are a dungeon master. The people must know. <laughs> I, and you, put I a lot of, you put a lot of work into it. So, well, it, it, it's all it's all fun. And so I am... you, I'm just saying you deserve this to be a good movie. It might not be, but I don't care. I'm excited because I'm I'm it's a D&D movie and that excites uh-huh. me and I'm getting to see it with my friends, so I'm I'm excited for this. I don't know if the movie will hold up and I'm trying not to like hype it up in my head, but getting to see all these archetypes that we've like seen in our mind's eye on like the actual big screen is pretty cool. Uh I would hate if the only things we hear about this movie is that it flopped and that Hollywood doesn't know how to adapt different medium stuff, but yeah, I'm excited. At, at the very worst, it's just gonna be one of those like big budget CGI, which I still see those anyway. Like I saw like Mortal Engines and like all of this trash that's for sure gonna be worse than this movie. So <laughs> I'm okay if it's not great, but I think it has potential to be good. Yeah, I'm excited. But I think we should talk about the other movies in March that you might see. March has, I could see a movie every weekend, March would be happy. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm just looking at the list. Uh, So so... next weekend, Creed 3. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm like, gotta see every Creed movie. I think I really liked the first Creed. Creed 2, it was like, okay. Yeah. Um, Maybe enough, but... It's interesting that Michael B. Jordan is directing himself in this one, and it has yeah. Jonathan Majors. Yeah, that that's so, what and, has me interested more so than Creed, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Creedness, the Creed mm. Creediverse. Um, so that's next weekend. Weekend after that is sixty five, which is the Adam <laughs> Driver fights the dinosaur movie. Um, I'm excited for it. It's is it are, is it the directors? Yes, the directors are the writers of A Quiet Place, which is just very interesting to me. Weird, because this... Okay. <laughs> they wrote and directed this movie. Um, and I kind of love... It's 93 minutes? That's what yeah, I'm talking it's, it's, about. <laughs> it should be 65 minutes if they knew what they were doing. <laughs> now, or I they should have named the movie. for a 93-minute movie. Uh-huh. Budget, $91 million. That feels like a lot, but I that think they had high. to... They had to do that to get dinosaurs. So <laughs> and I have Driver. a feeling this might lose money, but I'm excited for it. Um, so that's two weeks. Three weeks, less excited for this. Shazam Fury of the Gods. 
seems yeah. like they've really backed off on the marketing for this one. I have a feeling they're trying to bury it, which they might be doing quite a bit with these DC movies until they get the James Gunn reset. But we also know that if they want to actually bury it, they can, as seeing as Batgirl <laughs> is now dead. Yeah they, yes. yeah, they can just cancel it. So, I mean, like, no one's forcing them to do this. But I agree with you. Uh, I liked the first Shazam, first Shazam. Yeah, I think it was a win. Um, but the trailer for this one does not look good. It doesn't. <laughs> it really doesn't. Uh, so. It's not often that, like, just from the trailer, I think, oh, that movie's probably bad. <laughs> like, I think it can go the other way where a trailer can really sell me on the movie mm-hmm. or it can be like huh I don't think that trailer was well done but I'm at least intrigued or it's just like that's not the kind of movie I would see this is the movie the kind of movie I would see and the trailer just does not look very good no um, um, but I so also that's... still haven't caught up with Black Adam from last year so I'm behind yeah I yeah. I... <laughs> DC, we got to save for another conversation. Yeah, I've got thoughts. We got to skirt right past it. Week after that is John Wick Chapter 4. We got to see it. Got to see 4. Aaron, this movie is too long. It's too long? 169 minutes for John Wick 4. Why on earth does this movie need to be that long? And you know that these movies just like start at 10 and keep raising. So you know you're going to be like physically exhausted by the end. I am I'm skeptical of this man. I am. I think they're just going to dive into all the high table assassin lore that I don't care about and it won't be as interesting cuz they won't be shooting each other. Yeah, cuz they're trying to do like spin-offs and like expand the universe. I don't care about the universe. I uh-huh. want good action and that's it. Yeah, I, I will say, I mean, in my opinion, the ranking goes one, two, three. So they, they keep taking like a half step down every movie. And at some point, it's it's just not going to work. Um, I do think I, I like the I've third gotta, one the most simply because of that antique gunfight scene with all the knives. I forgot about that, honestly. I need to rewatch it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's uh, good stuff. John Wick's, um, uh, those are good movies. Um, Yeah, and then that gets us to Dungeons & Dragons. And also last <laughs> week... We've got the Tetris movie, which I know you're excited about specifically. I don't get this. I've been wondering, like, offhandedly what Taron Egerton's been doing. Um, He's been playing Tetris. <laughs> getting in character. <laughs> the trailer is actually pretty good. It is a good trailer. You sent it to me, and it, like it, it's a well-made trailer. Um, But yeah, that's, that's a streaming one, I think, only on Apple TV+. Plus. So... And that gets us through March, and that's like six movies, so... Yeah. Yeah, I think movies are genuinely coming back. I think think that's going to be the main storyline, is I think theaters are going to do decently well. I think more money is going to be made. I think people are going to be like, wow, there's so many movies coming out, simply because for like three years we haven't had this many movies coming out. Um, So I'm excited. Feels Uh, like spring is in the air. (laughs) Any thoughts about uh, Scream 6? So I don't know if I told you this. I had never seen a Scream movie. Mm-hmm. And then sometime like a year ago, I just binged and watched all of them. Oh, okay. Um, And I at least like I get it now. Um, It's kind of like, I don't know. I assume that you have not seen a Scream movie. 
I haven't, but I'm always intrigued when a series can make it to this many movies. So I'm like, maybe I'm missing out. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like a scary movie for scary movie fans. Mm. Um, <laughs> which I know you're not one of, but yeah. it's, it's it's got it's got a fun element to it. I don't know if I'm like going to see this. I, I'll probably wait until this is on streaming and watch it sometime like next fall or something. But um, yeah, I think they they brought Scream back last was it last January or something. And that movie was pretty well done. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. They, they seem to have enough energy that they're going to keep making these for a while. Wait, the last one came out in January and this one in March? Of last year. like Yeah, but like, why are these not coming out in October? Um, I don't know. I mean, usually there's other scary movies, so maybe it's just kind of counter-programming. Huh. Um, yeah, the last one came out last January, which is usually like dumping ground for movies. Yeah, but it made um, 140 million off a budget really of 24. Well. So yeah, I Man, think that's that the one thing about horror movies. They know bigger. how to make money. Uh-huh. Huh. I mean, there's a specific audience for them and people are going to go see them. And especially when you have a name brand franchise like this or Halloween or something, it yeah. seems to work pretty well. I feel like I'm, I don't know, I'm slowly dipping my toes into fringe horror stuff. And Whoa. I just... I don't know. I can't. I'm not going too deep. It's still very much like thrillers <laughs> and like jokesy kind of horror stuff like this one. Um, but the other movie I saw this month, which I actually just saw last night, was Knock at the Cabin, which is I, the uh, M. Night oh, Shyamalan. Oh. It's kind of like a thriller kind of movie. Uh, how was it? It was OK. Um, I won't recommend it to you. Um. <laughs> but I yeah. think it was it was it was a really like I don't know it it made you think a little bit. It's a very quick. Oh, you'll love this hundred minutes. Ooh, that's an in I and out. Like oh yeah. Uh -huh. Oh yeah. You work in previews and you're just over two hours. It's not not a bad night at the theater. So I I don't know. I I enjoyed that and I feel like more and more. Because I get people that ask me if I've seen different movies, and anytime it's a horror movie, I'm always like, no. And they're like, are you <laughs> going to see it? And I'm like, no. no. <laughs> and so I'm trying to see where my limit's at. Um, Which, I don't know, based on all the trailers that played before Knock at the Cabin, it's still not very far, because none of them <laughs> looked interesting to me. Hey, but that that's cool stuff, we'll man. See. We'll see. Um, okay, well, uh, that, cool. that's good to know. Um, well, we've got our plan for march at the very least we'll be talking about dungeons and dragons honor among thieves uh, aaron's probably going to see much more of those but we've done it we we're really back in it i think if we're talking about marvel movies so yeah yeah we feel like it feels like we've got a rhythm two down yep and we have a plan to see the third one so i know that's going to happen yes we have a plan though because that comes out i think literally the last day in march don't know when that episode is going to be uploaded, so it, it's not going to be in March. I can tell the folks that much. So. Yeah, it'll be it'll be early April, but yeah, yeah. The point is, we're having fun seeing movies, and we're having fun talking about them. Absolutely. And if any of our listeners are having fun seeing movies or having fun talking about them, you should let us know by shooting us an email at mainlymoviespod at gmail dot com and 
you know, Aaron, one thing you did a couple months ago, you sent me a what I, I considered like an e-newsletter of your top 10 uh, comic book movies. Perhaps we can set up like some sort of like mailing list because uh, I know you've got a top 10 movies of 2022 uh, that I'm sure our, interest, our listeners would be interested in viewing your thoughts about and myself DJ, as well. I've been, I've been struggling. Oh, no. <laughs> I will say that I, I have an email drafted and I keep opening it and keep not making progress because I keep shifting things around and second guessing myself. So that's where I'm at. These are that my top 10 well movies of 2022, out. and it's it's now almost March, and I still don't know. Do you my have goal a list is to get down, them... and you're just I, moving them around, or I are have, you like I moving things I've, out of the list? I think I've decided what my top 10 are. Okay. Um, but I, I'll be honest, the one that keeps shifting around is Avatar 2. I don't <laughs> know what to do with it, because I feel like it's a top 10 movie, and I have no idea where to put it. Hmm. I feel like every conversation I have with anyone about it completely sways me on it. I'm like, you're, you're right. That was not a good movie. Or someone's like, I actually had a pretty good time. I'm like, yeah, I did too. So it could be anywhere. Just be ready. Okay. 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 Well, I, I love to hear this, this peek behind the screens. But yeah, uh, maybe if you're comfortable, you can send that out to listeners Ooh. if they're interested. Yeah. Um, let us know. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know. Um but yeah, that does us does it for us here, talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. We'll be back in about a month talking about Dungeons and Dragons on our Among Thieves. <laughs>